Good afternoon and welcome to the Power Up Show. You're with Mia and Paul and as always asking you the question, how can we take your business to the next level? Paul, what's on the agenda for today? Ah, good afternoon, Mia. Good afternoon, everybody. Great to be back uh, with you again. And uh, an exciting agenda we've got today. First How good all, was that song starting off? Oh, uh, well, as ever, <laughs> um, <laughs> you've already stolen my thunder there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had to take it. <laughs> but we can't take the credit for the music because ever it's uh, it's a guest that chooses the music. Um, I'll introduce you in a second. Um, and I guess always come up with some fabulous music. And oh, uh, and I have to say, I did have to boss Mia around a bit just to tell her that we need to start with that one today to really... Um, lift the level at the start of the show so um on a pack show today we're going to first of all go through as we always do in terms of questions that have come through um from our listeners yourselves so through on our social media accounts and for other diff- different places and uh, then we're going to introduce our, our fabulous essay connie, connie motshaw who joins us from uh, online spiderweb and she's going to be sharing a wealth of knowledge around uh, seos and digital marketing and such like and then uh, towards the end we'll have julian annie from pick a mix and uh, i have to say Mia, i was uh, really inspired by the fantastic guests that they heading on their on their show uh, last week so uh, hopefully we can have a little bit of chat with them a little bit at the end of the, the show as well but um no fabulous show uh, lined up for you today um you're listening to power up um, with me and paul on a live 90.5 and welcome back you're listening to the power up show with mia and paul and paul i must say after last week's interview with leah zalmas we had such a phenomenal feedback and mm. so many people contacting mm. us with so many questions how to get in touch with her the idea of mental toughness and what have you what did you find in our various social media pipes this week in terms of questions? Yeah, well, there's a lot that came through in terms of feedback that came through from Lee, and I've just uh, there's one in particular I've uh, I've picked out here as a, as our first question, uh, and this came through from uh, from Isaac, and Isaac said uh, Lee talked a lot about uh, thinking like a CEO and mental toughness, and how can I help my team gain these skills was uh, was the question that came through from Isaac. That's a, a very interesting question because it is something we addressed in the show, Isaac, mm. where we said, well, does our team need those? skills mm. and the reality of that discussion was that not everybody needs to be thinking at that level depending on what your roles and responsibilities are and at what time do you need that critical thinking at what mm. time do we need to be able to make quick decisions do we need to be able to make rational logical decisions i mean what was your takeaway from that conversation uh, I guess probably fairly fairly similar as, that as well in terms of yes it's a case of there's certain roles where you need to have the, that skill set and other roles where it's uh, where it's not required or it's it's, it's less critical um, I certainly don't necessarily know that there is actually one simple answer to that uh, oh, other than the that. fact that people should contact <laughs> Leah <laughs> uh, which of course yeah. she would love us to do um, but there is only one Leah in the world so uh, some people probably know a little bit more, more than that I, I think certainly some of it is, is very much about uh, you know people thinking in terms of who needs those particular skills and uh, look sometimes uh you know, there are probably some some other solutions that are actually out there, which um, you know could be uh, could be intimate. I don't know whether you had any further thoughts in terms of some quick things that come to your mind in response to that question. Well, it's all about what level of thinking do you need. So we, I think we used the example last week of a production manager versus a sales director. What is, or, or I think it was dispatch supervisor. Mm, we mm, might that's have right. said that's what, that was the role you gave me. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and the discussion around that was, well, what skills does that person need in order to be effective in their job, in order to work under pressure, and what is that a pressure? what pressure is identified under that role and how can we strengthen that mental toughness uh, uh, muscle I suppose is the best mm, word mm, so mm. I would Isaac highly recommend that you go back and listen to that podcast otherwise reach out to either Paul and I and we'll definitely put you in touch with Leah 
Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and there were so many questions that came through from Leah, and I thought I, it's, uh, you know, so I, but I've chosen a different one here. Um, this one came through from uh, from Grant, and the question that came through from Grant was a long question, and we all know from the last week, basically, we get too many long questions, I read it out, my, my teeth trip over. So uh, <laughs> I've paraphrased this one slightly. Apologies, Grant. And uh, But basically, the gist of what Grant was saying was he was saying, how do I get optimal performance from my sales team? And I thought I might throw that one straight oh. to you, Mia. Well, that's a great question, Grant, and as everybody knows, I love my sales <laughs> and I love discussing sales. Getting optimal performance out of a sales team comes back to what is the outcome? What are you trying to achieve? And a lot of companies might decide to, without unknowingly, they might actually sacrifice profit over quantity and that's a very big problem. So what I say in terms of optimizing your sales team, have you got the right target market? Have you found the right buyers or is your salespeople just running around doing busy work? In other words, are they investigating that market? And that's a very important thing because I find time and time again that salespeople are just doing busy work. Mm -hmm. They identify a client who potentially through uncle, auntie, whatever the case is, so far removed that they might require your service. Now, that's a very unproductive salesperson. So make sure that you've got a clear understanding of who that target market is. Make sure your sales team knows exactly what they're looking for, what is the criteria, for example, of the person that you're looking for, and then get them to do productive productive work. And, you know, I say quite often that salespeople tend to be lazy once they meet their targets. So make sure you know what the outcome is. What are you mm. trying to achieve? And Grant, do not sacrifice. Make sure you're not sacrificing the profitability just mm. to get the quantity mm. out. Mm. Yeah. And I think it probably aligns to some of the things you've heard me say in the past, Mia, as well. It's very much about, um, you know, people should, in any particular role, in particular sales, shouldn't just be busy being busy. Uh, not being busy. It has to be targeted. So, um, so what salespeople do should be very much aligned to the outcome that are required within the business. Yeah, and Grant, uh, an interesting question and discussion to have is how busy are your salespeople? Because if you've got a salesperson sitting eight hours a day, how busy and productive are they? It Mm. might be that you need to have a a chat with someone like Paul and relook at those working hours because for the most part, you know, what time do they need to be busy? Mm, Absolutely. For what that's worth, yeah. Okay, I'm going to move along in the interest of time. Uh, so the next question came in from uh, Lucy. Uh, Lucy said, I've heard there are some strong penalties for not paying uh, my staff correctly or my employees correctly. Um, what should I do to avoid this? I think you might flip one straight back at me. I might, it? but I must just quickly share with you a story that a few years ago I missed. Is it the 1st of July when we do wage increases? That's correct. Yes, and I completely <laughs> missed that when I was with a, my, a previous company. And uh, trying to unscramble that egg mm. was a nightmare. It took mm. me probably the better part of part of July to to figure it out. But mm. yeah, I'd love to to get some feedback from you how I could have saved time on that. Well, yeah, you didn't know me at the time, did yeah. you? Really? So <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad luck on that one. Uh, look, the, the, the one of the problems with this is it, if we like the deeper it gets, the more complicated it gets. So I guess being proactive is, is very important. And uh, look, uh, for employees that are paid um, on an award, uh, um, or even pay employees that pay above award, it's important to monitor in terms of. Um, what is the actual award pay because uh, often I hear from clients that uh, oh no we pay above the award um, but there's also a bit there about actually making sure that they're paying above the award as well. So if Um, I'm paying above the award and the wage increase goes through and I just miss it because well seriously it wasn't on my radar and it wasn't my expertise and strength so I had no reason to be thinking Mm. about it Mm. Mm. Uh, and if I'm paying above award do I get penalised for the fact that I haven't put through the increase? I think uh, look certainly obviously when these things happen if there, there are penalties that, that can come in for that um, circumstances are always taken into control so it's very hard to give a, 
a black and white answer mm -hmm. on that one. Um, the important point is always to be proactive. And I think a lot of it starts with um, making sure even that um, the, uh, the job descriptions are in place, are aligned to the award levels, uh, and making sure there's a process that actually determines that. Um, and then just keeping it on top in terms of what uh, the changes that take place. There's some very good free tools out there that are on the Fair Work websites that um, enable you to uh, keep track in terms of um, uh, what the uh, what the pay should be, and there's also some alerts you can set up there as well. So there's a lot of free tools out there. But the other and thing Paul, can we get that on our Facebook page for people? Absolutely, Beautiful. absolutely right. And uh, I think the important thing though is is if it becomes, I think two things I would say. First of all, it's important there is the right kind of alignment there in terms of um, uh, making sure that the role that's there is aligned to that ward level correctly, um, which is often a point that's missed. And second thing, um, if it gets to the point where you know there has been uh, you know an oversight um, that also might be a time uh, to start thinking about actually well that might be a time to actually get uh, you know good employment lawyer plugged into the into that process as well um, to make sure that somebody there that's actually supporting you um, and there's some great uh, great people in, in our networks really that operate in that beautiful space. and for our listeners we now have our Facebook page up and ra running which is power up taking your business to the next level so do go out and look for it and Paul you'll pop some of that information on that page for people to grab I certainly will Beautiful. You're listening to the Power Up Show with me and Paul, taking your business to the next level on our live 90.5 FM. Paul, we have a phenomenal guest. Uh, she's going to be held accountable for a few things today, but maybe before we mm. put her in the spotlight, mm. let's uh, introduce her. Yeah, properly. this is the point where I actually get to embarrass you both uh, considerably. And uh, I mean, you get to try, but it's two versus one here, so <laughs> I don't like your chances. Yeah, I do feel slight, <laughs> slightly outnumbered. Um, so um, uh, we'd like to welcome uh, Connie Watshaw today to, uh, to to our show. And uh, the story is is that uh, through a chain of various uh, networking events, uh, I went along to I, I met Connie. And um, it was actually at a networking event that uh, Connie runs in the hills that I actually met with Selfmere. Um, That's right. So, uh, so Connie's responsible for a lot of things, uh, <laughs> including uh, putting us together. So, uh, so welcome, Connie. I'm just going to say a few more things about you, sorry to embarrass you a little bit further. Um, so, Connie is a uh, Hills local business owner now herself uh, for 17 years. She created Online Spider Web uh, back in 2013, which is a website and digital marketing agency. Um, and she's built many familiar sites, including Hills Street Mums, which is uh, one I hear about uh, mm. quite a lot and uh, and have done for her a while. Um, and uh, prior to that, uh, she actually uh, started and ran uh, a satellite dish installation company with her husband for, for 12 years. It's a pity I didn't know you back uh, when I lived in Epping uh, in the early 2000s and couldn't get any satellite coverage and uh, was deprived from a lot of great sport. Uh, but moving on. <laughs> that's uh, darts, by the way. That's darts, when yeah. Paul speaks um, like sport, he speaks I, I mean, like darts. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I mean games rather than sport, as you would say. <laughs> Um, so uh, Connie has uh, three children, one in daycare, one in primary, one in high school. I think I might have actually dropped a clanger once when I suggested that the uh, the one in daycare could have been for a second marriage, uh, <laughs> which wasn't the case. Uh, so um, and uh, she enjoys time um, uh, reading and getting away current through Perfect Pitch. And uh, and uh, Connie, you're learning to play an instrument as well, aren't you? What, what instrument are you learning to play at the moment? Violin and much to the disgust of my husband and three boys because it doesn't sound great when you first start uh, bowing. Um, but I'm enjoying it, so yeah, should have bought the violin. Oh, in. I mean, yeah, you'd love right. to hear it. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Not yet. Maybe in six months. Oh, <laughs> We're yeah, hold you to that, Connie. <laughs> a warm welcome, Connie. It's fantastic to have you here today. Um, you know, really, really pleased to have you here as our guest today. And it's Absolutely, really and Connie, one of the reasons we invited you on the show is because so many organisations out there claim to be able to do SEO, and in my experience and my knowledge, and I know 
time and time again I get pushed down that road so I do have maybe a 75% understanding of what you do. I must say that you are in this Hills area and Parramatta and Cumberland. You are probably one of the better people, better organisations to deal with because you know exactly what you're doing and the information you give is of so much value. So that's why we wanted to get you on the show. We only take the top of the top and here you are. But before we, we get started on SEO, let's play our game. Paul, last week we cleared the board for you and we are now... One zero to our guests. Are you ready to see if you can even that score out? I'm ready, providing you're choosing a topic that actually I've got any chance at, as normally you don't. You know everything about fashion, right? Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> silence, silence doesn't sound good on here, does it? <laughs> okay, so as always, your name is your buzzer. Paul, you can be George today. <laughs> <laughs> so just yell out your name and give us the answer. Are you two ready? Ready. Ready. I am a heavenly body. People used to think I was just another star. Herschel discovered me with a telescope in 1781. He named me the Georgian planet. My current name didn't come into use until 1850. I have 11 known rings and 27 confirmed moons. Only Jupiter and Saturn are bigger than me. I am the seventh planet from the sun. George. Connie. George, go. (laughs) Uh, Mars. No, Connie. Uranus. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the next question was I am the butt of all jokes <laughs> oh. I am an informational and entertainment tool I am sold in shops and on street corners People like to start the day with me Connie Yes Newspaper Yes, correct oh, That's 2-0 well Paul I'm doing well <laughs> Come on, you can do this one Exactly what I am, no one knows Nevertheless, the world is ordered around me Devices of all types keep track of me. Sam sang of me in Casablanca. Cindy Lauper also sang of me. People. George. Yes. Time. Yes. <gasps> Yay! Well I've got one. That's my first one of the year. <laughs> I was going to say the sun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one. It was a Cindy Lauper bit that got it for me there, I would say. I'm an entertainment item. I'm associated with celebrations. I come in many colours. Children love to fill me with water. Connie. Yes. Balloon. Absolutely. Hey, well done. So what's well that, done, Paul? Um, I do believe I may have lost again. 2-1. Mm. Yes, I, I feel Who's like counting? potentially... Connie, you've won. Congratulations. <laughs> Shake your hand. When we come back, we're going to start talking everything SEO with Connie and what business should be doing in order to ensure that their website is on track and working for them. Connie, when we look at a website, I know that many people uh, have said to me that I've spent six, seven, twelve thousand dollars on a website, and it just doesn't seem to be giving me the traffic that I want. I'm not getting any engagement on it. Nobody's looking at it. And I then ask them the question: Well, what are you actually doing on your website? So, what is your? I think there's a misunderstanding about the power of a website. Absolutely. So, great question, Mia, and I have a lot of clients that come to me with the same, um, or or even people in the community that come to me with the same problems. And I think there's a misconception that, um, you know, once you put a website up, you know, you go live with your website and you've spent a lot of time and money, um, you know, even tears, putting the right messaging together and making it look beautiful. Um, But digitally, the, um, you know, once you put a website up, 
it's a little bit like you've just built a house on on a deserted island and if you want people to come to that deserted island then you need to invest in the infrastructure and the marketing to attract people to come to that deserted island um, or you know start connecting with the mainland so once you've put a once you've launched your website you need to or even before you've launched your website um, you should be thinking about well how do I get in front of the people who are ready to spend money with me when you say that it's like a deserted island so you're saying to me that I can load my website I can bring it live tomorrow and I can have all the information there for people to be looking at but just having information there is not enough do I have to keep on updating it what do I need to do to make sure that a it gets in front of people and how do people find me or how do people find content that I'm writing how does that whole work whole thing work well, if you liken it to um, the ro- you know the roads and infrastructure concept again, there's different avenues of of getting people to your website. So um, you hear a lot about SEO, where people might uh, put in a search term. And for our listeners who don't know what SEO is, what, yep. what is that? So SEO is an acronym for search engine optimization, and that just means that when people type a keyword phrase in, let's say for example, it's um, uh, like a live 90.5 yep, or a radio station no, or, or, or plumber Castle Hill um, then you want to be on the first page of those results that people are getting when they're typing that search term in and investing in SEO is what helps you um, come be on the first page for those for those search terms then you have um, things like Google Ads and, and we're going to get into a little bit more detail around Google Ads because that's quite complicated. It is. So I want to just, apologies for interrupting, I want to just take you a step back to the the deserted island. So what you're talking about is building that map, the little crumbs building the roads, find. Building the roads into your uh, website or house, as we were talking about with the deserted island. And that's island. when you get on the front page of Google. That's one of the ways. That's one of the ways, one of the ways of bringing people to your website is being on the front page of Google. So what are the other ways? So the one is building those roads, which entails Google Ads, you said? Yep. SEO optimization. So mm-hmm. that's a search engine, those phrases. What are some of the other ways? Well, we shouldn't forget offline activities as well. So physically, um, you know, giving your business card to somebody with your website on it, um, going to networking events and things like that that, that we're doing. Um but they're the major ones to be looking at when it comes to, you know, probably most of our listeners and the types of businesses that they have. And it's not about trying to do everything. Uh, it's just about really uh, niching down into who your ideal target audience is and getting in front of them. And that's good to hear you talk about um, giving out business cards and going to networking events because always for me that's something that's far more familiar to me than uh, when we start talking about SEO because I have to say it's a, it's a world that uh, I'm still very much learning and it's great to get you in to share some of this, Connie. We're going to drag a lot more of this out of you today if that's okay. Um, but certainly, um, yeah, I guess what interests me is that um, can you help me understand and um, the connectivity between uh, giving out your business card with your website address on and how that will actually might actually help somebody in their business? So your website is part of the whole sales pipeline, okay? It's an extension of offline and online um, activities that you're already doing. Now, obviously, you can only give your business card to so many people. Um, And, um, you know, the SEO part is trying to get as many people as possible um, clicking clicking to your website. So giving someone your business card doesn't necessarily help your SEO. Um, But building that relationship with them, you've already met them face to face. So having the online presence with a website 
basically um, fortifies that you are in business, you're online, you're accountable, and you're um, you know you're not sort of a hobby. Mm. Just want to quickly go to a break, and then can we talk a little bit more about SEO? I think you used the example of a plumber in Castle Hill, mm-hmm. and could you talk us through what a, for example, plumber would do in order to get rated on that first page of Google? Some of the strategies Absolutely. that they could implement. Mm. No, I'd love to hear more about that. Now back to Connie, we were talking about a plumber who was looking at getting a little bit more coverage with their website, not just putting it up and hoping for the best. And you mentioned, you know, Plumber Castle Hill, and we'd love to go through some strategies that I imagine any business could use. So we're going to put Plumber, but insert your business name here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how can we get that SEO done in order to get onto the front page of Google? So what's really interesting with... um, service-based businesses, service and professional-based businesses, is Google has a um, set of listings that come up that are attached to a map. You might have seen that when you put in something like a restaurant or, you know, a service type. Yeah, and then it's got directions and yeah. phone, little direction tab, little phone, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So something like 80% of searches for services such as those start with Um, Google and come up with those um, results. So the first few results that come up will be ads. So three or four of those will be ads. And if you want to be there, then you have to pay for Google ads. Now, the next set of results are those three businesses that Google selects to be in that map pack. And there's a couple of really great things about those results that businesses can leverage. And one of those is social proof. So you might have seen when you go in and um, when you're looking for a business and you see those results that some of them have stars. Mm. Now, if you're going to, you know, you're looking for a plumber or electrician or even going to a restaurant, which one are you going to choose first? Are you going to choose the one that's got 10 stars or the one with zero? Um, I'm sure that most of us are going to choose the one with yeah, the stars. Yeah, it's mm. interesting because if I'm going to look for a new restaurant or I'm trying to get somebody in, I always look at their ratings. And the interesting thing around that is they could have got 27 of their closest friends and family to give them that rating. But just intuitively, I look at that rating and go, yep, you're the best. Yeah. So, Connie, that's really, I mean, for, for, for someone with my limited knowledge, um, <laughs> I'll be confessed to you, it's a little bit like um, you've got a scenario whereby, uh, for me, I relate it more in terms of if I'm looking for a hotel and I might look on things like TripAdvisor and see the kind of like where the uh, where the ratings sit there. So it's the same sort of concept uh, with uh, with Google. It is, and um, Google actually pulls in some of those third-party um, reviews as well uh, onto that listing. So um, getting getting reviews on other platforms like TripAdvisor mm, is it just strengthens 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 that listing. Mm. So the other great thing about being in that local map pack is the tap to call button. So if people have decided, okay, you know, I just need this plumber or electrician right now, particularly with those services, people are normally in a hurry. Uh, Instead of having to go to the website and find a phone number or contact, they can just tap that phone number if they're looking at you from mobile, which at least 50% of them are doing, and they can connect directly to your phone. So how do I get in that map pack? So that's where SEO comes in, and that depends on what your competitors are doing. So it depends on the industry and um, your competitors. Sometimes it can be easy if your competitors are not doing much. If they are doing a fair bit, then it'll take a little bit more work to do that. And that comes down to um, the content that you put on your website, making sure that it's optimised for Google to actually index it um, and, you know, and, and continuing to keep your content frequent and up to date. So when you say content, if I'm, for example, a plumber, 
I mean, what content am I going to be putting up in order for Google to be indexing what I'm putting up? Firstly, it's about doing the research, uh, finding out what people are searching for, and then creating your content around that. So when, when I say content, I'm talking about the, wor- the actual words that you're putting on your website and how the website is structured. Um, so imagine your website like a site map with all the pages and the hierarchy, um, you know, like a site map. So it's making sure that you're using the terms that um, Google are saying that people are looking for. So, um, you know, you might call, you don't want to be using industry jargon or, mm. um, you know, or, you know, shortening words with how you, how you would with your, with your peers. You want to use terms that people are actually searching for. And there are free tools that will show you exactly what they are. So when you say free tools, those are tools that are going to tell me what words people are searching for. So if I'm a plumber... Yep, and how much traffic they're getting. And what are those free tools? So um, the Google Keyword Planner is one of them. Uh, There are a few others. I guess Google Keyword Planner and um, probably SEMrush would be the easiest ones to use. Um, I would start with those. And where do you mm. find that? Do you just put it. Just Google them. If you if you Google if you Google Google keyword planner mm-hmm. or SEMrush, mm-hmm. then you'll come up with so those results. In order to get into that pack, there's got to be a little bit more because how does Google know my address? Do I have to register my address with Google? Is that any value in in having your address out there and being on Google Maps? I know in the past with companies I've worked with, they've said you know. Let us register your, is this your business? Or they send me some correspondence saying, is this your business here? Mm -hmm. And then organizations, some business owners go, oh, that's going to cost me money. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to register where my business is. But I see that a lot of businesses are doing that. It doesn't cost anything to register a Google My Business page. So even if you don't have a website, you should be doing that. Um, And and to note, not all business types get a map pack listing. So if you're selling, um, you know, if you're a, if you're a clothing store or something like that, you might not, your your business type might not have a map pack. But it doesn't cost anything to register. Um, sorry, what was the other question you asked me, Mia? <laughs> Just in terms of, oh, I forgot. Oh, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Don't, don't, look, don't look for me for uh, for, for inspiration. I'm, I'm madly writing some of this down. I'm just thinking in terms of it would be really good to share some of this um, after the show as well for our, for our listeners because yeah. I think uh, you give some great advice there, Connie, in terms of some free things that people can take away. When I registered my business, sorry, Paul, I'm jumping in top of there because I'm conscious of time and we need to go back to a break. When I register my business, should I only be registering it with Google or are there other places I can register my business with to get more social proof, so to speak? Absolutely. And now I remember what I was going to say before we forgot so um some businesses don't want to register that or that they don't want the public to see their address on the google map pack and that's fine you can actually still have uh your business listed in there without showing the public your address because you might be you know like a plumber or electrician goes to everybody else but Mm. may not have a um office location and now i forget the other question that you asked me (laughs) is there anywhere else we should be oh yes Um, Definitely, and this will really help uh, your your search engine opti- optimization and, and pushing you up to get into that map pack. And that is going out and listing on as many um, directory sites as possible. So I'm talking about sites like True Local, um, White Pages. Uh, what else is there? 
They all escape my mind now, but um, it's what I would have called. Yep. It's what I would have called the old phone book. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yelp. The council. Uh, the yeah, actually, that's council a good have point. Mm. I mean, if you're in, you know, for the business owners out there, if you're in the Hillshire Council, they've got a free directory, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. That you can list yeah. with, and I'm sure Parramatta and Cumberland has something very similar. Yeah. So it's worth finding out where to list your business for free and get that social proof. Absolutely. Um, and also, what it what it does is it particularly if you're just starting a brand new website, is the domain authority or the kind of how much Google trusts existing websites like the Hillshire Council, when you when they provide a backlink to your website, that gives your website more um, more authority. Well, so you it, just mentioned a new term, backlink. So I think we're going to head off towards the news now because the news is going to come through at about one o'clock. So we're going to head off to the news. When we come back from the news, let's just chat a little bit about what the, what you mean by backlink. But I'd like to also continue the conversation. When you look at that first page of Google, you mentioned there's three or four ads there. That's paid ads. Mm. You've now mentioned the the map, the Google, mm-hmm. Google map pack. And I'm conscious of the fact that after that, there's not a lot of space for my business now to be showing on the front page of google so i'd love to have a chat with you a little bit further about that when we come back from the break you're listening to a live 90.5 this is the power up with me and paul now connie we are looking at an example we're talking about plumbers in castle hill and i've just paul i think you've done the same Mm. we've both just popped on our phone because i think you mentioned earlier what are the stats for the amount of uh, people who use their phones now to view content on the internet uh Look, it's more than 50%. It's changed uh, in the last year or so, but I think it's creeping up to more like 75 or 80% now. Okay. But again, it's going to be different across different industries. Yeah, okay. So for me, I'm standing in my bathroom and I'm looking at I don't know, the toilet overflowing, whatever the case is. So I've got my phone and I've typed in Plumber Castle Hill, for example. I noticed that there are three ads which we've discussed. I noticed the map pack now. Um, and then underneath that, there's really not a lot of space again before I'm hitting, you know, before I'm losing interest. Absolutely. They say the best place to find a dead body is on page two of Google. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, if anyone's looking for you, you'll be on page two of Google. <laughs> if I'm lucky. But it's interesting when you say that as well, because I'm thinking about how often have I actually ever clicked beyond page one of Google? Never. I've never. I'm going to just and I don't try think, that. I don't there. think. I, I look, I think I might. Have, it's funny. If it might have only been the last couple of weeks when I was uh, was looking for something that uh, that I did, uh, only because I didn't like all the options on page one. <laughs> but uh, you know, you're talking about uh, a very low number there. Yeah. So if again, if I'm so I'm looking here at Google, I've gone past the the map pack, and and chances are, let's be honest, chances are I'm probably going to stop at the map pack. That's just my personal way of doing things. And that's because of that little button you said, the phone button. Mm. It just removes all complications for me and I'm just going to press dial and be done with it. But now I'm going into the next part of Google and I'm seeing, what am I looking at now? Well, actually for that category, the plumbers in Castle Hill, you're seeing the next few results under that map pack are um, directories like we were discussing earlier. Mm. Um, so you definitely, if, if, you, if you're doing a search for your own um, industry and that's what you're seeing in the results, then you want to get onto those business directories. And I'm noting that there's rating there too. Yeah, absolutely. So the, you can see the social proof yeah, with those as well. So beyond that... Um, if you want, you know, you're wanting, obviously wanting to get on there and you may even get on there before you can get into the map pack. But what I would suggest for business owners to do firstly is you need to research your target audience because all the, you know, 
doing all this work to get people onto your website and then they find that it's not speaking their language, you're wasting a lot of energy. When you say not speaking your language? Well, you need to be speaking about the problem that the, the clients or the, your, the, lead, the website visitors are looking to solve. Not, you know, it's not all about, um, you know, how long you've been in business or welcome to my website and things mm. like that. It's about what, you know, it's about you articulating the problems that people are looking to solve um, so that they then take that next step and pick up the phone. Okay. Okay, so re- researching your target audience, I mean, you know, what do they look like? Um, how old are they? Are they male or female? Are they mums? And, and then that leads into things like if you know exactly who they are, then you, then you know how they're describing the problem and you know where you can get in front of them. Where do they hang out? Is it on Facebook? Is it on LinkedIn? Is it on Instagram? Is it at networking events? So, um, you know, you don't want to be – if you're trying to attract everybody, then you're really not going to get those click-throughs click on your website because you're not speaking their language. So we've discussed, I mean, that's just my habits, Paul, I don't know about your habits, but I tend to stop at the map pack. Do you go further down than that? And if you do, what are you looking for? Um, uh, look, I think it depends on, depends on what I'm searching for, which I know sounds like it's a complicated answer, but it does depend on what, what I'm looking for. Um, but um, yeah, look, I think um, often, uh, often I actually might even stop at the ads. Um, so I suppose probably I'm interested in um, in hearing a little bit more about that. Okay, so if I don't want to spend, and we're going to get back to ads because I want to just I don't want to touch on ads yet because I think a lot of not a lot of business. Let's not generalize. We hate generalizations, but we do it so often on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but business gets tur- get turned off sometimes because they think ads are so expensive, and they are. If you get the wrong Google AdWords, mm. and that's you know a whole can of worms by itself, you, you could spend an absolute fortune. So let's move past the ads. What should business be doing in order to rank organically underneath that map pack? Okay, so firstly, um, the first one was researching your target audience, making sure you're speaking that, their language, um, and then investigating your competitors. So uh, for some industries, it may be quite easy to rank for the keywords that people are looking for because your competitors are not doing much to um, to rank on the first page either. And then, you know, other, other industries might be spending a lot of money to get there. So there are tools that you can use that will actually tell you what keywords um, your competitors are ranking for and using, and also what backlinks they have um, to get them, you know, to, to lift their authority in um, in the search engines. So um, you need to do that that research before you start investing in, um, you know, changing your content or or doing ads or anything like that. It's all about putting in that research and investigation mm. first. So mm. for our listeners who are business owners who haven't done this yet. They go to you said Google AdWords, Go uh, Google Keyword AdWords. Planner, Google, Google Keyword, Keyword Planner. Planner, and SEM Rush was another option. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? Do they just type in Plumber Castle Hill because that's the example we're using, and just see what comes up, or do they say leaky pipes, toilet overflowing? What are some of the words that they may? I mean, Connie, just for the record, Connie is not a plumber. So I'm really putting her on the spot here. So for all the plumbers listening out there, hey guys, you're all awesome. And, and they're ladies. getting some free advice. Yeah, you're getting some free advice. But I, I might just put a little, you know, a warning here that Connie might not be giving you the right <laughs> words to be looking at right now unless you've got a hidden talent we don't know about. <laughs> um, okay, so 
if they if they're going to use these tools, you you do need to be quite technical. So uh, the reason why a lot of business owners don't do it is because they can go onto a tool like that and it can be overwhelming if you don't know what you're looking for. Um, but you know the great the great um, tools that that we have at our disposal is that you can um, you know you can put in you can put in Plumber Castle Hill and it will tell you who is ranking for it and you when know when you if, say who do you mean like a competitor yeah like okay. the competitors it can tell you how much traffic those keywords are getting and if it's even worth going after those keywords so you know if you put in a keyword plumber castle hill i'm sure that's going to have uh, a lot of a lot of traffic but um, let's say for example you put in a particular service there might not be a lot of traffic for that so you might want to work on a different uh, keyword phrase to rank for first before you worry about those services to get so let's people just in the put door this a little bit practical so people understand when we talk about keywords and what have you so let's say we got mia's plumbing services paul's block your drains and Connie's unplug my pipes. I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that's where we're at. And uh, we've got a new person coming into the market. And for example, in all my advertising, I've got plumbing, plumbing, plumbing. So I, I really put plumbing as a word and plumber as a word. Paul comes along and he would have, for example, plumber because he saw that that was what I was using. And then he might add pipes or unblock pipes mm. please plumbers mm. again i think we can all agree that <laughs> between the three of us we're we, not technical <laughs> we have no idea the words we should be using and then you come along and you say right plumbing plumber pipes uh unblock drains is probably something that people are searching for so is that what you're saying about looking for those keywords and understanding what people are using in their message yes yeah definitely so those tools will tell you what people are looking for and all the synonyms um, that go with it. So it will actually, if you put in a keyword like Plumbing Castle Hill, it'll actually give you a list of uh, terms like that, that that you could also use and how much traffic they're getting. So you don't need to know all the keywords um, in your head. If you just put out, you know, the main ones into those tools, then you'll start getting feedback about what else you can use. And those tools are all free. So business owners who are struggling for finance at the moment, as you said, it is a little bit technical, but I'm certain there are YouTube videos and what have you that Absolutely. people can help you with for now. But as you go through that and you start to rank organically to get underneath the, the map, that does mean moving forward you can look at investing in SEO a little bit more heavily in order to be ranking more organically and higher and higher up on that list. Yeah, that's right. Setting up your website infrastructure so that it's easily readable by um, Google and the, and the other search engines is really important. And that's the other thing that, because um, obviously putting content up that people want to read, um, you don't want to just write um, you know, things on your website just so that you can rank on the first page because you'll get blacklisted pretty quickly for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a bit of a balance between what is what do the search engines want to see and what do people actually want to read so that, you know, they're not coming to your website and then just leaving and never coming back. All right, when we come back, we're going to discuss a little bit more about uh, the, the ranking organically and tools and tips about what content to put on. And, and I understand, Connie, you're not a copywriter and we do have a copywriter coming on the we show do. in... Uh, three weeks, um, but keep tuned to our Facebook page. We'll load it up there and you can see see when that's going to happen. But in terms of SEO, there are ways to start ranking organically and there should be things you're doing on a regular basis in order to do that, yes? Yes. Okay, and when we come back from the break, we'll have a further discussion. I know, Paul, you've got some questions too that I think... I have, have indeed. Um, you're back soon. You're listening to Power Up with me and Paul and I guess Connie on our live 90.5. 
Now, Paul, before we went on a break, we had this discussion. You know, you and I have had many discussions Mm. over time about uh, websites, SEO. How do we get people's attention? How do we drive traffic to our website? And and quite some time ago, before uh, you and Connie sat down and chatted about website, you had a very interesting statement and comment that I think you probably made to both of us. Do you want to just share that with the listeners? And Connie just talk you through where we were at with that. Yeah, look, I think I I have to say I've been on a bit of a journey in my understanding on this, and I think that uh, maybe I'll just go back to um, how we were having a discussion a little bit earlier on where we talked about um, you're a networking event and you hand out a business card, um, your um, web address is on there. Um, but that's uh, whilst whilst that's important, it's about basically um, using that to uh, to get people to um, to come back to your website. But it's also about actually how do you actually then uh, draw traffic into your website from way what the content you're putting on there as well. And uh, just really wants you some some insight from yourself, Connie, on, on that that particular point about the importance of actually how people meet you. They um, and, and sometimes I used to have that view that people actually would be in a scenario whereby people are only going to come to me. Um, my website's not going to draw traffic, but I've been on a journey on understanding that by just, I guess, by the content that goes on there. So just really wanted a bit more of your insight on that topic, really. Yeah, okay. So I think what you're getting at, um, Paul, is a lot to do with content marketing and, and how people buy from you. And um, you'll probably find when you're having a one-to-one conversation with someone that the words that you use, when you start articulating their their problem and how you solve that problem that's when there is kind of um Mm. you know spike up and you get their attention Mm. and that's what content marketing is about articulating your ideal customers problems um and and taking them on that journey of of how you solve it and what the experience is going to be like working with you so um and the, and the secondary factor there is staying top of mind because something like 97% of people, when they first see your service or product, uh, they may like it, but they may, may not necessarily be ready for it at that mm-hmm. um, at that time, at that touch point. So having multiple touch points is, is extremely important so that you stay top of mind so that when, you know, for example, going back to the plumbing, um, the plumbing business, you know, they might um, not need a plumber right now, but in three months, six months, 12 months time, um, all of a sudden their toilet breaks and, and, you know, they need someone that they trust. So if you've been offering value and staying in touch um, with that person for, the, for that 12 months, then they're not even going to look for somebody else. They're just going to mm-hmm. go straight for your card and, and, you know, I need your help right now. So it's about having a pipeline um, established that is sustainable for a business owner to run um, you know, 365 days a year so that it's constantly keeping the people that they've, you know, you go out and give your business card to somebody. How do you stay in touch with that person in a way? Because you don't have time to sit down and send 100 emails every Monday morning um, and keep adding to that every week. But, um, you know, putting in processes and systems that offer value to those people and keep you top of mind. Mm, I, um, I love the expression you use there, content content marketing. It's uh, you always have a good way of describing things like art with a bit of waffle and you manage to <laughs> lock it in a couple of words. That's why we get experts and, in on, on, on the subjects here. Yeah, and something that people, I, I think one of the, the concerns and issues Paul and I had right at the beginning of our journeys was that I'm giving someone a business card so there's this expectation they're going to look at my website. But what about those people that I don't give a business card? What about Joe Blog in Company X? He would ideally require my services, but I have no way of meeting up with him. He's so isolated from me. 
how do I drive him towards my website? And that goes back to content marketing again, Mm. doesn't it? Content marketing, SEO, ads possibly. So it's basically making sure. So, for example, if we said... Uh, if you're talking about a, a sales director who required, who, who types in tips for cold calling, and they would then be directed, for example, to my website, they could then see my contact. Now, I've never met this person, so it could be me, it could be you know HR strategies, it could be marketing strategies, whatever it is. It's something they need to learn because it's a pain point that they have. And if you have, as you said, the right SEO going on and you are keeping top of mind, people will become familiar with your content. And ideally, your website should become a tool and structure to bring in more sales. That's right. So a resource, it could be that it's a resource, like you were saying with, with um, you know, someone that needs to do a little bit, bit of research and maybe they don't know what the solution is yet until they've done that research. And you want to make sure that your the content on your website is what's showing up. Um, so that people can get to know that you're the authority in that industry. And following on for them that, you need to then tell people, okay, well, I've read this, this information, what should I do next? Mm-hmm. Don't assume that people, um, you know, read a page on your website or you put out a blog post and it's great information and you've spent a lot of time putting it together and then assume that people know, okay, well, I should call her now or I should, I should fill in this form now or you've got to actually show them what to do next so having a a a well thought out call to action Mm. um at the bottom of that content is really important so that you're actually getting return on your investment Mm. so it's very much about having a having a forward plan in terms of how people engage with you on on going yeah absolutely and if you think about how your sales conversions work in person um you want to kind of mirror that uh in your online experience so if people are happy to buy from you just um, you know by clicking on on if you're selling widgets for example and people are just happy to buy that twenty dollar widget o- online and you don't need a lot of one to one time to do that then that's what your website should be set up to do but if you're providing a service where people want to get to know you first then your website needs to kind of mirror that experience give them the value and give them that process of of getting to know you better before you're expecting them to commit. Mm. No, that's excellent, Connie. Look, thank you for the sharing insight there and answering my uh, rather waffled question. First of all, there. Um, when we come back, I'd like to actually uh, discuss something else we talked about uh, off air, and that was very much around uh, some of the dangers of really outsourcing the SEO and how that can sometimes uh, uh, not be a good thing for businesses. You're listening to a live ninety point five with Mir and Paul on Power Up. You're listening to a live ninety point five FM Power Up with Mir and Paul and our guest today, Connie. So, Connie, um, before the uh, the break, there we were talking about. Um, uh, as we were talking earlier on a bit about uh, some of the problems of outsourcing SEO and how that can be a real danger for businesses to basically outsource their SEO to somebody and it might be a contract that might be worth thousands of dollars but actually how that can also go very wrong for them as well so maybe you could just elaborate a little bit um, on some of your thoughts there for our listeners please yeah absolutely look I think that where most business owners fall um, into a trap is when they abdicate responsibility for the outcomes of that SEO so, you know, just like the rest of your employees, there has to be accountability, mm. um, you know, every month with, with what's going on um, and making sure that you've got reports that have, you know, defi- you want to de- make sure you're defining your desired outcome um, and measuring the right things and making sure that those things are done every month because you've got to view your website again. I think I've talked about this before, but it's it's part of a pipeline. It's not, you know, the, the stopgap or anything like that. It's part of a pipeline. So um, 
measuring the right things will tell you what is falling down in that pipeline, whether it is, you know, are your social posts wrong? Are the ads wrong? Um, or is it, you know, you're getting a lot of traffic from the ads or the, or the social um, posts, but they're not converting once they hit your website. Um, so that's, and, and there's another free tool that everybody should be using who has a website, which is called Google Analytics. And um, hmm. again, you know, it can be quite overwhelming when you go onto Google Analytics and there's all this data. But It'd as be long as, for me, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're measuring, um, you know, just a couple of things, even if it's only three or four, and measuring the right things, hmm. then you can see where, um, what part of your pipeline is falling down and what you should be tweaking. Um, to actually get people from your social posts or your ads all the way through to picking up the phone or, um, you know, filling out that booking form. Yeah, I guess like anything, it's about measuring the right things, knowing what to measure and having that insight about knowing what to measure. And I think the other key thing I took away from uh, what you said there, Connie, as well, is a little bit like a lot of other things. Um, outsourcing something isn't necessarily always the solution. And outsourcing um, without having continued engagement um, with the outsource provider can be a very dangerous thing to do and can really and I guess you could you could basically say that's the same for um, for other types of outsourcing as well um, where sometimes you know completely outsourcing the, the, the problem is not necessarily going to give a solution the business wants yeah that's right um, that you know it's it's the same as having somebody in-house if you're not keeping them um, if you're not keeping them accountable mm. and providing you know that that I guess the human resources behind it, mm, mm. Uh, then you're not, you know, you get what you put in to Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. Connie, no, that's you're fantastic. Painting, you're painting a picture for us that your website is a critical, if not crucial, part of your pipeline. And I think, I, I mean, I've touched on this at the beginning that business and organisations who invest in a website don't realise the importance of it and they just think it's there and it's going to grow. And, and, when they see nothing happening with the website, they make, I imagine, one of the biggest mistakes that they can make, and that is throw thousands of dollars behind Google AdWords. And, you know, in some organisations, it seems like they're just throwing mud against the wall and seeing what's going to stick. <laughs> what kind of tips and advices can, advices, advice can you give us around Google AdWords? Uh, it just, it really comes back down to researching uh, your target audience and making sure you're targeting the right people. Um, and Google AdWords has some great um, features in being able to really drill down into who you're targeting. But that also takes time. So if you think that you're going to throw $1,000 or $2,000 at Google Ads and, you know, have your people banging down your door in a month, it, it really doesn't work like that. Um, it is a long, uh, you know, it, just like SEO, I mean, Google Ads can be give you a faster result, but it's still a long-term investment. And because collecting the data, going back to the test, measure and tweak again, is really mm. important. So if you have, um, you know, not just diving into it and, and seeing what happens, but having a six to 12 month plan and making sure that those ads are being measured and you're tweaking things for the entire 12 months, that's where you're gonna get your money back. So let's go back to our example of the plumber. And he has a couple of thousand dollars in his budget for Google AdWords for the year. How does that process work in terms of identifying the words? I know you've spoken about uh, identifying on certain free tools, but how much value is it just to take a punt and, and select the wrong words? Just talk us through what, if I came to you and I said, okay, I've got $2,000 for the year to spend, how would you recommend I approach Google AdWords with a budget of $2,000? I would recommend that you spend at least half of it getting the research done. 
um, and keep making sure that your the user experience. So let's say I click on a on an ad. You've gone and spent your two thousand dollars a month on an ad, and I click on your website, and it takes 10, 10, 20 seconds to load. You've just blown maybe fifteen dollars for me clicking mm-hmm. on that ad, and I can't even you know that the because nobody's maintaining your website and and testing it and making sure that it's um, healthy and a good user experience. You've just blown every, all those clicks. People are not going to so hang around and wait for it. So when you say click with Google AdWords, are you paying per click? You are pay- paying per click. Yes. Oh, okay. So let's go back to say for example, I've got two thousand dollars for the year. So let's talk about the year because we know that. You know, tradies don't have that much money that they're going to throw away, not throw away, but throw at Google AdWords unless they are making some really good mm. money to cover that. So what is the average cost that you should be looking at spending per click? Is that the right way we want to say it? Or is it yeah, per that word? Or? It, it's per click and that varies wildly depending mm-hmm. on the industry. So, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, a cost per click from two dollars to hundreds of dollars. Oh wow! Okay, so you know, if you're if you're um, if a lead or a conversion is worth, like a lead means that you know someone uh, comes across the ad, they click on it, and they land on your website. Um, and if you convert that um, person, and this is one of the measurements that needs to be made, is um, is how much is your cost per conversion, not just your cost per click or how many clicks you're getting, because it doesn't matter if you get a thousand clicks, but nobody converts Mm -hmm. okay um so measuring you know now i'm losing my train of thought (laughs) um yeah so the the costs vary wildly and it's about going after the right keywords Mm -hmm. so that you're getting a return on investment Mm -hmm. so let's say you are a plumber in castle hill you don't necessarily need to go after that keyword if there's keywords opportunities that are cheaper um but still bring you in really good clients so if I'm paying for a keyword, let's say, for example, I'm paying $50 for plumbing, for example, and I know that it's a, long, a short-term strategy, how do I rank organically for that word? In other words, how can I use that word in my website and not have to pay for it? <coughs> So SEO takes a lot longer than ads, mm-hmm. and that again is is going back to your research, um, including the right keywords in the content of your website, making sure that is um, your website is you know as is healthy. It loads fast. It's up to date. Um, it's searchable by Google, um, and you've got your you know at least an SEO plugin set up properly, and you're actually telling Google what keywords you want to rank for. Beautiful. When we come back from the break, Connie, I just want to very briefly touch on uh, SEO and the future. What are we looking at the future? What business needs to do today in order to be compatible for the future? I know there's been lots of changes, you know, in such a small period of time. So I'd love to get your thoughts on on moving forward on that. And also, you are giving away a fantastic prize valued at $1,099. And we have got a little bucket here with names in it. And I think we're going to draw the winner after the break. We are indeed. Yay. Yes, you're listening to Power Up. Obviously, we always love a prize, don't we? Yeah. You're listening to Power Up with Mia and Paul on a live 90.5 FM. Connie, to wrap up, I mean, I think, Paul, you and I can both agree now that this idea of having a website, there's a lot more work involved in it, in it than 
I, I mean, I knew about this, but as I was investigating mm. it many years ago, there's so much work involved in having a website. And business owners shouldn't just assume that having a website is a solution. No, exactly. It is just a tool. And as with all tools, you need to be using it wisely. Yeah, a lot more than just putting up a website and thinking job's done. Yeah, um, correct. It's, a, it's an ongoing piece to keep it updated and refresh the content. So uh, I, mean, I think we've learned from today in terms of from Connie in terms of the value of doing that and how important that is. Yeah, 100%. Connie, 2030, I mean, in the last 18 months, technology has changed phenomenally and I know around website you have already educated me in various other meetings we've had about where website design is going and how SEO is changing can you give us some of your top tips on what business owners should be doing today with their website in order to make sure they are keeping ahead of the curve absolutely so in the last few years everybody was kind of scrambling to make sure that they were mobile ready Um, you know so the the powers that be were telling us sort of four or five years ago that, you know, by now, 80% of your traffic's gonna come from mobile and they're pretty much on point. So what? So it's a given now that everyone should be mobile friendly and there's there's not much more frustrating than, you know, going onto somebody's website and you can't read it properly because it's formatted for, for desktop. But now what business owners need to be looking at is voice search. And um, in by 2030, it is said that uh, the average number of connected devices that a person will have is 13 per person. Holy wow. Yeah, I struggle I, with I, the one that I've got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember where I put it half the time. Yeah. How on earth is that going to come out? But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if I think personally now, I, I probably have f- at least four being, you know, laptop, um, Fitbit, uh, Google Home device, things like that. But what that's going to do is give an incredible amount of data. Um, you know, we think that we're already uh, there's already a lot of data being mined on us. But the more personal devices that we or connected devices that we um, interact with, the more data that businesses are going to be able to collect on us and use that for marketing purposes. Mm-hmm. So you know, think about a fridge um, that's connected. It's going to be able to say to you, "Hey, you're going to run out of eggs." But it's also going to be able to serve you an ad to say, you know, the local, this local supermarket, Coles, for example, are going to have a, a special on eggs. Um, so the, the advertising opportunities are going to be much more personalised um, and they're going to, be up, going, to be served, going to be served to you on devices that we probably haven't thought of at the moment. Mm. And I mean, I suppose your top tip there is that you've got to be mobile optimised. Yeah. Talk to uh, voice optimised. Voice optimised. So... Um, I don't know about you guys, but I've got a couple of uh, Google Home devices in my house. Mm, yeah, and <laughs> sometimes... I've got a husband, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's his, his, his technology compliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, at the moment we use it for everything from music to timers and, you know, even asking it certain things, like random mm. things throughout the day. For example, if we were playing this, this smart but game Um, (laughs) you know we gotta ask it the answers so uh, the lesson in that is to to start making your content more of an answer um, to questions that people might be asking Mm. oh that's very interesting Mm -hmm. I never thought of that before beautiful now Connie you are giving away a free uh, website tune up tune up thank you I was struggling for the word there so (laughs) website tune up and And competitor analysis beautiful and that's valued at $1,099 and after our conversation today I think it is absolutely critical and crucial that business and industry go through that practice 
Now, we were running a competition, not a competition, but we did have um, a little, I don't know, run on the website as well as our LinkedIn profiles. And I've put a whole bunch of names in here. We've got about uh, 230-odd names. Mm. Uh, and I'm just going to... Sorry, that's actually... We should be a drum roll now, so <laughs> yeah. shouldn't we? We don't have that sound effects. I'm not very good at drum rolls. Uh, Connie, if you could just pull out that's a name. And the winner is... Oh, beautiful. And the winner is Jane Williams from Hip Hampers. Congratulations, Yay. Jane. Connie well will done. be getting back to you and setting that up with you. That is just absolutely phenomenal. And that's so generous of you, Connie, because I know that takes a lot of time. And business owners probably want to abdicate that responsibility anyway, because if I think about the research I've done on competitors... Holy smokes, and then some more. (laughs) (laughs) 